Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and I'm glad you're back with us again this week. And folks, it is cold outside, and I thought, what a great time to do a podcast on homesteading in the wintertime. What's it look like? Because no doubt about it, it, it just isn't the same. It isn't just like in the summertime when you're out there digging in your garden on a warm summer day or you know maybe you're out putting some fence posts up and you got sweat dripping off your eyebrow uh, these are definitely scenes of, of of homesteading for sure but uh, in the winter homesteading looks completely different doesn't it uh, so on today's podcast we're going to discuss homesteading in the winter time what's different about it and the things you can do to keep homesteading when the regular warm weather activities you know, they're just not an option. So what's, what's it look like to homestead? So before we jump into that, though, let's just uh, chat about a couple other things. I definitely want you to join the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. If you're not a part of that yet, you would really enjoy it, I think, if, if you're not there already. I have some great conversations. We had a conversation just the other day about about this, in fact, uh, homesteading in the wintertime. So there's always some great threads happening in there. Uh, a lot of people helping each other out, giving each other advice and uh just just a great community of people so you should go be part of the um homestead front porch uh just search facebook for homestead front porch or go to the show notes for this episode and uh, there'll be a link in there for you just to jump on over there and uh it's a closed group but all you have to do to join is ask and we'll get you in there uh also it's just been busy around the homestead even though it's cold outside you know i i, I got this bad habit of waiting to the last minute on a lot of things sometimes and uh and yeah, so I've been doing that. And of course, you know, from the last episode, I just put a greenhouse up. So still working on that. And actually, I, I got to thinking, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of animals right now. Because uh, as I told you last time, I'd done away with a few of them for a while. So we could uh, kind of redo the uh, the situation and um, just have a couple rabbits, a few quail, things like that. And I went ahead and just moved those into the greenhouse. It's so cold outside. And I thought, why, why am I going through the trouble of heating this? area up and might as well get the most use out of it and you know i i just put the cages in there and actually i just uh <laughs> kind of just turned the quail loose in there and let them run and they are enjoying it just keep their wings clipped keep them on the ground where they're not really jumping up tearing up anything up on the shelves uh, on the countertops and shelves but it's working out really good i've been in there three four days now and and it's going real well um i know the quail love it the rabbits i didn't let run around because i just think they They'd probably do a lot of digging and messing up things more so than the quail are. So I just left them in, in their uh, hutch. But, uh, yeah, they're they're real comfortable now. They're loving it. They're loving life. So, yeah, I did that. Uh, you know, and everything else we're going to talk about today. What kind of things we're doing as far as wintertime homesteading. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, winter animal care. Now, this is one of those things you just can't stop doing just because it's cold outside but rather it gets more difficult and even more urgent in the winter time uh, the first thing is shelter you know your animals 
absolutely must have a place they can go when it gets really bad outside. Now, large livestock like cattle and such, they're, they're, they're a little more resilient to the bad weather. But, you know, smaller livestock, they need to be able uh, to escape the moisture and the wind at the very least. And you need to make regular checks uh, of your animal's shelters to make sure it's doing the job. Uh, make sure there's plenty of bedding material in there, uh, you know, for them to stay warm. And just for whatever kind of animal we're talking about, you know, there, there's different things you would do. But it's definitely something you have to consider in the winter. So for sure, uh, in the winter, we're definitely going to be taking care of our, our livestock's shelter. But we also have to pay attention to the food that we're giving our livestock. Uh, animals, most animals need more nutrients in the winter. Uh, you know, their body's going to use more, trying to st- uh, use more energy, trying to stay warm. So they need the right food. A lot of animals, you have to increase the uh, protein that they're getting in their feed. Um, and, you know, with, with some livestock, this is more critical than with others for sure. But whatever you have, you have to take that into consideration. They're going to eat more. I, I always give my animals more food in the wintertime uh, just because they're going to need it just to try to stay warm. So you gotta you got to think about that. And, of course, water. No doubt this is one of the biggest challenges for caring for livestock in, in the winter. If you have heated tanks, dishes, bottles for your animals, it's not too big of a deal. But if not, then you got to keep the ice broke and waters have to be thawed. And, and it can be a lot of your wintertime homesteading activity just dealing with water. And I have electric, I have a heated uh, water bottles, electric heated water bottles for my rabbits. But with the quail, I just had the uh, the dishes and, and I, you know what, I just said, why, why am I even messing with it? Why am I going to run electric to these water bottles and all that when I've got a heated greenhouse? So I just put them in there, and it's I don't have to worry about it. Plus, you know, they're putting off some body heat, too, which is even helping keeping the greenhouse even warmer. So, yeah, something I don't have to worry about right now, but, you know, in the future and in the past, I've had to, had to worry about it for sure. So that's one of the things. So you're dealing with your animals. How about winter gardening? Uh, is there such a thing? Well, you know, there can be. If you want it bad enough, it just takes a little planning, a little work, and you know maybe a little cre- creativity. Um, well, as you know, for me, a greenhouse is one way you can do this. And uh, this is not something you're just going to throw up. I mean, it's something you have to. It's an option you have to work on ahead of time. And this is going to be my first winter with a greenhouse. And you know, I can already tell it's going to be a large part of my wintertime homesteading. But it doesn't have to be an expensive option. There are several good DIY inexpensive greenhouse ideas out there you know to to get you extending your seasonal growing and I wrote an article uh I just included some videos it was in an article I wrote and it had like I just found like three what I thought were three of the best DIY greenhouse videos on YouTube um just to kind of help you you know make that a reality on your homestead if you're looking for a really inexpensive way to build a hoop house or greenhouse there's some good videos out there, and I kind of I, I kind of gathered up three of them, put them in an article. If you want to see the links that I'll be providing for for things I'm going to be talking about today, uh, go to smalltownhomestead.com forward slash forty eight, and you'll see the link in there for for that article of the three best DIY greenhouse videos that I found. Um, so yeah, putting up a, an inexpensive greenhouse or even more elaborate greenhouse is a great way to do gardening in the wintertime. But there's some other ways, too. You can build cold frames in your garden. They're a great way to get a little winter gardening in outside in the frigid temps. Um, they're really good for growing leafy greens in especially. And you can keep them going most of the winter, depending on where you are. But if you're in a... I'm, I'm in Indiana, and it gets pretty cold here. You know, we're in the 20s today. 
and we're going to be in the you know single digits by the end of this next week. Um, but with a cold frame, you can actually keep leafy greens going through all that. Now, they do take some care because you're going to have to still water things and, and do certain things. But uh, one of the ways you can do it that really works real well is to use uh, straw bales and kind of section them off around the area you're wanting to uh, plant some things in. And you can either lay old windows or old storm doors, glass storm doors across the, the bales. And, um, you know, it just cr- creates a greenhouse effect in there. It works really, really, really well. You can also just take some, uh, like, say, two-by-eights or something like that and box them in and, you know, fit windows on them. And, you know, you can even tilt those a little bit to where they're more they're catching more sunlight. And those work really well also. So there's just some things you can do to, to maximize uh, sunlight and temperatures for an area where you can still do some growing. Uh, you definitely have to open them things up, though, if it starts getting uh, warm at all. I mean, it, they can really build up some temperatures uh, really fast. So you can, especially with leafy greens, you know how uh, uh, hot temperatures will just uh, curl those things up and uh, make them useless. So you got to pay attention to that. Another thing you can do is just indoor container gardening. If you have a few south-facing windows in your house, then you know just setting a few pots in front of them in the winter can be a great way to continue gardening um, through the winter months now if you don't have an abundance of uh, uh, south facing windows because that's where you're going to get your most sunlight is on your south facing some some things could be grown in other windows you know if they don't have direct sunlight but the south facing windows are you're definitely going to get the most light but if you don't have that you can set up some indoor uh, grow lights and uh, i did a previous uh, podcast on this called what what lights should i use for my indoor garden I'll, uh, I'll put a, sh- a link to that in the show notes as well. But it's not hard. There's certain things you have to take into consideration for your grow lights. And I talk about all that in that podcast. But absolutely, you can set something like that up in a closet, a basement, um, wherever. You're still, you're still going to need the temperature range in there. But wherever you can uh, put something in like that. And you can build it you know, really safe, especially with fluorescent bulbs or LEDs um, because they don't put off a lot of heat. So it's not a lot of danger there. But I talk about that in that podcast if you want to check that out in the show notes. But that's another thing you can do to keep on gardening. And I tell you, I, I really enjoy the gardening in the wintertime because, you, you know, you, you love it in the springtime and in the summertime and even in the fall. But it, there is just something about when there's snow on the ground outside and it's, you know, 20 degrees, being able to go and get your hands in some dirt and get a little bit of a harvest and, and eat it feels good i mean it feels really good and just does a lot for your peace of mind i think gets you through them long winter months because i don't know about you but winter the older i get the longer winter gets i feel like and i don't enjoy it as much as i used to but uh you know there's still things to definitely enjoy about it and um you know definitely being able to uh do a little gardening in the winter time can help to get you through it so um yeah definitely try to do some gardening in the winter time on your homestead something else you can do on your homestead in the wintertime that you may not think about is composting. Just because it's cold out doesn't mean you have to stop building soil. Wintertime is a great time to work on making compost. It just has to be done a little differently than when it's warm out. You can still do outdoor compost piles. You know, the, the bacteria in compost piles, they do slow down when the temperatures drop, but with a little help, they'll continue to, you know, to remain active and break down the material and you'll end up with a, real, a really rich garden compost. Now, your compost is going to need less moisture in the winter. 
and really the reason for that is you need to let more oxygen in to your compost pile. Well, the water kind of forces the oxygen out because you're filling up those small spaces in the pile with moisture. So one of the ways you can do this is to tarp your compost pile in the wintertime. And this does a couple things. It, it does keep the moisture out, and it also holds the heat that's generated by the compost pile in. And it also creates a little bit of a solarization effect, which will help the pile get even hotter. And uh, also you can have like some, if you put finer shredded material in there, like try to keep it under two inches, you know, go ahead and thing, run things through shredders and then build your compost pile out of that. It'll even do better to break down because it has like an insulating effect. It'll help hold the heat in and keep, uh, help keep the heat more uniform in there. And it helps to insulate it from the outside temperature. Now you will have to turn your compost pile when it starts getting hot. But you're going to turn it less often than in the summertime for sure. So you can still do out, outdoor compost piles. You just have to do a little bit more for them. A great thing you can do for composting is vermicomposting. This is a great way to compost your kitchen scraps in the winter. It can be done by just setting up some storage totes or bins. You can use like the larger trash can type bins or just some, you know, you see these totes, especially right now, it's getting close to Christmas and a lot of people, you know, a lot of stores are selling those totes really cheap because people put Christmas ornaments in them. So you can buy those, they get some great deals on those right now and they make really, really good vermicompost bins. Um, so pick up a few of those and make you a vermicompost uh, setup. Composting with worms, it is a slower process of composting, but you know what, the end result is absolutely some of the best garden material that you could ever have. Worm castings, you know, worm waste, it's pure garden gold, no doubt about it. It, it will do so much for your garden. Um, mostly I use it on like just container gardening. I use it in the pots and things like that. I'm using it in the greenhouse now. Um, anything I got planted around the house or hanging outside in hanging baskets or anything like that, it's really good for those. So definitely uh, do some vermicomposting in the wintertime. You can also just get you a compost tumbler and keep it in a garage. Those are pretty clean. I mean, some of them get a little juicy and leaky, so you might want to put some put a tarp down or put some cardboard under it and around it because they do leak a little bit. You know, it'll get a little juicy in there putting stuff in it and tumbling it. Uh, but if you've got a place that's, you know, you can, in a basement or a garage that's somewhat warm, uh, man, those things work great. Uh, again, the process is going to be a little slower if it's not warm, real warm, because you're going to have some colder temperatures but it will work and you just won't have to tumble it quite as often that's the key with that so absolutely you can do some composting in the winter time and i think you should because you know that's when you're going to need it you're going to need it fresh in the spring you're going to have some nice big piles of compost you can just start really putting on them gardens early so yeah go ahead and have you some compost going all winter long now here's the thing we would mostly think about uh, homesteading isn't just out in the garden or just out with the livestock you know what homesteading is has a household aspect to it as well and you know what this is a really great time of the year to focus more on the indoor homesteading activities uh, one that I, I think is one of the most important is food preparation cooking baking these things this is some of the most important homesteading skills you can acquire in my opinion and I think wintertime is a great time to hone those skills you know, we really love making bread and stuff, especially in the wintertime. Or we like to dig things out that we've frozen. You know, we've frozen a lot of berries and and um, a lot of tomatoes. And, and we got a lot of things frozen. We'll dig those out. We might make some salsa or make some pies out of the berries or uh, make some jams or jellies. It's a great time to do those things. And, and 
um, and do some canning as well while you're doing that. So definitely food preparation is a great homesteading skill. Um, you can even do some experimental cooking and trying some different things. It's just a great time to do that because you have more time to do that. You're in the house more, so naturally you could just spend more time in your kitchen trying some things and doing some things. And really, like I said, honing those skills, those food preparation skills. Um, I, I was saying earlier, we love to, we love to make the bread. We just, I just love to try to make all kinds of different breads. And there's some that I've, I, I get on the internet and just look for bread recipes and try different ones. And there's some that are really, really easy and really, really good. And we, we like them a lot. How about making some herbal medicines? This is a really good time to learn how to and or make herbal medicines in the form of teas, syrups, oils, tinctures, salves. And you can just have those on store for the entire year. You know, because it's so much easier to make those things and store them than it is when you ain't got no time, but you feel like you need them in the summertime or in springtime or whatever. Make them now and just have a nice stock of those things uh, throughout the year. I'll put a link. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Matter of fact, you can just go to last week's podcast and see a link to a um, a book I mentioned that I just picked up on making herbal medicines. It's a great book. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into that a lot more this winter. I uh, already started playing around with a few little things, and uh, I, I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, trying some of those things out. So check that out. Uh, also, it's a great time to make homemade soaps, cleaners, and other household supplies. There are many household and personal cleaning items that can be made at home. And they are much healthier, and you know what? They're even cheaper than the store-bought items. And wintertime is a great time to make and stock up on those things as well. You can make your own shampoos, your own bar soaps, your own liquid soaps, um, your own laundry detergents, your own cleaners, countertop cleaners, and and uh, just, just whatever. I mean, there is just an abundance of things you can make uh, for your house. And, and you know what? The Internet's full of the directions on how to make those things. So if there's a thing you're looking for a replacement of, get on there and do a search for whatever it is that you're trying to replace in a natural way and uh, make something that's so much healthier and so much cheaper. And you know what? A lot of times, works just as good, and I've even found in a few cases, works even better than the store-bought items. So check that out. It's a great time to stock up on those things, and um, they'll usually store. Most of those things will store for a long period of time as well. So you could definitely store up a of an abundance of that Um, now something i don't do but not yet anyway that is but a lot of people do this and that's crocheting knitting and sewing many folks look at the winter months as a great opportunity to catch up on these activities and there is just so many really cool things that that people are really good at and you know I, i will say mostly women do this you know but there's no reason why a man can't do these things i mean come on guys i'm thinking to myself that you know whoever said it was a woman thing primarily i mean i know some i have some basic sewing skills and that's just because mostly i used to do a lot of uh upholstery and cars and things when i was like rebuilding cars and things but if as long as we say it's going in a car i guess it makes it more manly but there's absolutely no reason we can't take those skills and apply them to to household things as well and and you know what, crocheting, knitting, and sewing, uh, yeah, I, I'm not above learning any of those things and, and definitely doing more of that stuff. And I actually find it kind of fascinating and seeing some of the things that people are able to make uh, doing that. I think it's neat. And, um, yeah, I'm thinking in the future it may be something on my list that I, I want to learn or even get better at. So, yeah, definitely something in the wintertime that is a great activity. I know I know a lot of ladies that that's definitely the time that they – 
they pour a lot of uh, effort into that. Another thing that I like to do in the wintertime, because I just don't have time, as much time in the summertime to do it, is organizing and minimizing things in my house. It's a great time of the year to work through closets, dressers, junk drawers, and you know any place else where clutter gathers, right? And uh, just get organized and even get rid of a few things if necessary. You might even be able to pick up a few bucks selling some things on Craigslist or whatever. It is amazing. You know, we've lived in this house for uh, 25 years, I think. And in 25 years, you can accumulate so much stuff. And it seems like every year I'll do some decluttering and some minimizing. And I just find these things that I haven't even seen in years or messed with in years. And you can sell it or you can throw it away or you can give it away, whichever. and Or maybe even repurpose it and make something else out of it if you're not using it. And it's just a great time to do that. And it's just amazing, uh, the stuff you can accumulate. We are, I don't I want, I definitely am not a hoarder, but at the same time, I, we have closets with things in them and, and drawers with things in them that haven't been touched in, you know, sometimes years. So, you know, it's a great time to work through those things and, um, and, you know, just do what you got to do to do a little organizing and minimizing. And I think it's important. I think it simplifies our life. And, uh, in a lot of ways, it's just way better for us to do that. You know, I mean, you feel better about it. I'm not, I'm definitely not a minimalist and maybe I'll have to do a whole podcast on being a minimalist versus a hoarder versus a homesteader or a prepper. Um, in some ways those things can got to go together and in some ways they don't, you know, I, I often think, I don't think I could ever live in a tiny home just because of my prepping mentality to some extent. I, I feel like I want to have a lot of things around me in an emergency that, I, that are there if I need them. Which, you can be a minimalist and just have things that you need, but, you know, if you're living in too small of a place, there's just no room for that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, some people might disagree with me on that, but uh, I guess if you had a big old large pole barn, you could probably live in a small house and just put all your stuff out there, something like that. But, yeah, I think, I think organizing and, and minimizing is an important thing to do in your house but not only there i think it it can go elsewhere too like let's just take it on out to the workshop you know i think homesteading in the winter time takes place a lot of times in the workshop if you're fortunate enough to have a heated outbuilding of some sort this can be a great place to spend some time in the winter doing some projects that you know that frankly quite frankly might just get put off during the, the warmer months like you know it's a great time to stock up and organize your your uh, supplies in your garage or your workshop. Um, I call them hardware store supplies. I like to organize tools and stock up on supplies like bolts, screws, nails, you know, and other things during this time of the year because one of my pet peeves is like I'm in the middle of a project in the summertime building something and have to stop right in the middle of that project and run to the hardware store, you know, to pick up something uh, that I should already have. You know, like bolts, screws, nails, things like that. Um, I wrote about that in an article called Build Your Own Homestead Hardware Store a while back. And it's just a list of things that I think are great to keep around the homestead just that you might need. You know, these things are just they are great for projects and just some, I don't even know how big of a list it was. It's a pretty good list of things I like to keep in my garage, you know, organized, ready to find when I need them. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great to do that. I'll put a link to that article in the show notes as well. I think you should go check it out because I think it's great to build your own little hardware store at your house. Um, also, 
Yeah, and just keeping things organized, you know. I think it's important to always have an organized garage because, oh, man, so many times. I let my garage get so bad here a while back, and it took me weeks to clean it. And it was really bad. It was the worst it ever been. And I, and you know what? I would spend more time looking through my garage for some things. It would have been quicker for me to run to the hard st- hardware store and buy them. And uh, you know what? I, I just don't want to ever let it get like that again. So organization is huge for me. And you just feel better when things are organized. You know where things are. You know what you have, right? You know, and this is also a really great time to work on small building projects out in your workshop. I love to just fire up the wood stove out there. And, uh, you know, just drag in some little projects, you know, I like to build cages you know, I might build some cages for some animals or I might build, you know, put together some kind of a, a feeder or water or, or, you know, just work on little projects, build some, I might build Christmas gifts or birthday gifts ahead of time for people, you know, out of woodwork and stuff. I like to do that. It's also a great time to do repairs on things. I mean, if you've got something you can take down and, or, or, or carry into the into the workshop and repair it, I mean, hinges break or uh, whatever. I mean, just things break. Sometimes I even do a little electrical work, minor electrical work. I might drag some electrical thing out there and do some soldering on it or something. It's just a great time to work on things around your homestead and get them fixed back up if something hasn't been working right. So it's a great opportunity to do that. Um, it's a great time to do equipment maintenance too, especially if you can get the, that equipment into the shop. If you have a large shop that you can get a tractor or, or you know, a lawnmower or something like that in there and work on it, that's a great time to do that. It's, it's a great time to service your equipment. You know, uh, again, lawnmowers, trimmers, uh, chainsaws, just a few of the things that, you know, they need to have regular maintenance. But you know what? Who has time for that in the summertime, right? Uh, we, I, I admit things get neglected in those busy months sometimes and this is a great time to drag them in there and change the oil put some spark plugs in them do whatever grease things up and just generally get things running better you know so uh, do that maintenance or you know change out some gas or whatever you want to do but it's a great time to clean things up and make them work better i also in the winter time I think it's a great time to work on basic preparedness. Now I'm not talking about uh, you know prepping for the apocalypse here. I'm just talking about being even more prepared than you already are. Because um, everybody could be a little bit more prepared. And by prepared, I mean just be prepared for whatever may come your way. You know, a job loss or bad weather, whatever. Just, you know, I think there are things you can do to be better off prepared. Now, can you be prepared for everything? Probably not. But you can be prepared for most things. And I think food storage is a huge thing in that. And this is a great time to work on your, your food storage. Um, as much as I see the importance of healthy eating of good organically grown foods, and you know how I feel about that. I mean, my health has is, is changed a lot because of eating better. Eating in general is more important than having nothing to eat. So I do believe this is a great time to stock up on emergency foods, such as store-bought uh, canned foods and things like beans and lentils and things like that. If you can't grow enough to keep a, a massive amount of that stored, like I'm talking like a six-month supply of that, those things, then you should go out and buy some. You know, pick up a few extra cans here and there at the store uh, and try to build up your, your food preps. I also think water storage is really important. I think it's real important to have like an out, outdoor uh, rainwater collection system. I have a pond that, that collects rainwater. I have a rainwater collection in my greenhouse now, and I'm going to be putting one in the uh, livestock area where, that I'm building my lean-to for my animals this next spring. But I also think it's a really good idea to just have a lot of jugs filled with water in your house. 
Um, I like to just save milk jugs, tea jugs, things like that, whatever I'm drinking. And we wash them out real good. I might drop a little couple drops of bleach in there, swish it out real good, get the smell out, you know, rinse it out really good, and fill it up with tap water. And you can use these for anything. You think, well, tap water is still going to have, you know, like the chlorine, things like that, whatever, whatever's in there. Maybe you want more purified water. But I just think it's great water to have on hand because uh, you know what? You may just need to flush your toilet or you may just, you know, need to clean something. And it's great to have water. If your water was shut down for weeks, um, you can flush a toilet just by pouring water down it and it'll flush. So as long as you have some water on hand. So I keep a lot of jugs of water. I, uh, it'd almost be embarrassing for me to say how many, but I put them everywhere. I got them down in my basement stacked up. I've got them under some beds. I got them on some shelves. I got them in the bottoms of a few closets. We have a lot of jugs of water around here, but I think it's great to have. And I have used those, you know, I've have to, didn't have to use them, but I do use them occasionally and refill them, put them up. And, um, yeah, you might get a leak, leaky one every once in a while. So you want to put them in places where if they're going to leak, they're not going to do any damage if something busts or something like that. But yeah, store up some water. I think it's a great idea. And, um, you know, you just never know when you're going to need that. If something was to happen and you'd need that water. Uh, also it's a great time to focus on backup power. Um, maybe putting in a, a backup power source like a, a battery bank um, be a good time to work on that. You know, you're indoors, you're putting, maybe putting in your basement or something or in a garage and um, you can start collecting the items to put that together. So it's a great time to do that. It's not a really good time to be out putting up solar or putting up a windmill or something like that for, for backup power. But, you know, you could definitely build your battery bank this time of the year and it'd be good for that. Um, I think it's real important to think a lot about, and you know, going into this weather, you should probably already have these things, but emergency heat and light are real important. Having a way to provide this is, is crucial, I think, in an emergency. And you know, there's a lot of options on ways you can go with that. And rather than discuss all the ways you could have emergency heat and light, I'll just say that this is a great time to work on that, wh- whichever way you go. Um, for us, just having some candles, some oil lamps, kerosene heaters, that's a great backup, you know, for heat and light. I, I love my oil lamps. You can almost eat a house and light your house up with oil lamps. We have several just oil lamps and we just set them all, you know, if the power goes out, we'll set, you know, one in every room. And you know what? You almost don't even need, our house is so well insulated. We almost don't even need to have any kind of backup heat because believe it or not, those oil lamps put off a lot of heat and they'll keep your house pretty warm. It just depends on how cold it is outside, but you can actually generate a lot of heat with those, you know, but also have some backup heat. If you have wood stove or fireplace, you know, you already have that. But if you don't, you might want to look into, you know, maybe some kerosene heaters or something, or maybe a, a small propane heater, something like that, that you can bring in a house and, um, and use. So those are great things to think about when it comes to uh, basic preparedness in the wintertime. I think it's a really, really good time of the year. This is a good thing to do any time of the year. But in the wintertime, you have more time for this. And that's focusing on homestead education and planning. You know what? There's a million things you can learn uh, about homesteading that will make your homestead better. And it will help you be more self-sufficient, more self-reliant. And winter is a great time to focus on those things. Uh, It's a great time to catch up on reading. There's so many great books. There's so many great magazines, blog posts. And there's just so little time to read them. Until now, that is, you know, for sure, you do have, you know, it gets dark early, you're in the house, it's a great time, especially if you can cut off the TV for a while, it's a great time to take advantage of a little downtime and do some reading. 
It's also a great time to take a course. You know, many extension offices and local universities offer homesteading-related courses um, that can be taken this time of the year. There are also an endless number of very good online courses that you could take on just about anything you want to know. So it's a great time to do that. It's a great time to think about laying out your homestead, your homestead plans, planning your garden. What are you going to add to your homestead in the upcoming months? What income streams will you consider? Uh, What are you going to do different next year that you did this year? Uh, These are all things you can work out now and start planning on for the next spring. And for me, I like to, you know, if I got some plans, I might start purchasing material. That way I'm not coming out of pocket with a lot of money all at once you know, in the springtime, I might start buying some lumber and stacking it in my garage, or I might, you know, start buying some materials to do something with. Uh, And and if you can make those plans early, you can go ahead and start spreading out the expense a little bit. And it really does help. Uh, So those are some great things I think you can do in the, uh, in the wintertime for your homestead. And one of the, (laughs) something, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here naming all these activities, but something you just have to consider is, in the winter, I think it's important to just do, just to relax a little bit and rest. Let's not forget that this is one of the most important homesteading activities of all, right? It's just so nice, isn't it, to kick back in front of a fire and look at seed catalogs and dream about your garden in the spring. It's a great time to go do some things with the family. It's a great time to go out and play in the snow, you know? It's just, you know... Uh, Fellas, grab your wife, take her outside and build a snowman or your kids or whatever. You know what? It's a great time of the year to do those things. Go sledding. It's fun. You know, it really is. Sometimes you just forget how how fun it is. Uh, When you was a kid, you know, you did those things every winter. I used to love it when it snowed when I was a winter. Man, we'd grab our sleds and head to the hill or, you know, do all kinds of crazy things. And it's still fun. Believe me, it's still fun. You know, I, I try to get out once or twice every winter and do some of that, and it's it's so much fun. It'll keep you young. It'll it really will. It'll keep you young. So, get out and do those things. I think you uh, it'll do a lot to get you through the winter, help you enjoy your winter, and um, it'll help you enjoy homesteading in the winter time all that much more. But just do some relaxing. And it's a great time to catch up on sleep. It's a great time to just enjoy it a little bit i mean for sure there's things in the winter that are hard to enjoy when you have to go out in the frigid temps and do a job and you can't feel your fingers and you know we've all been there but there's some good things about it too and let's try to remember and take advantage of those things um hey i told you earlier that i, I threw this thread up in the homestead front porch uh, asking hey what, what kind of activities do you do in the winter time that maybe you don't necessarily do in the uh in the summertime or the rest of the year. And I just asked some folks, and I thought I'd just share with you a few of the responses. Um, also, if you want to read these, they're in the show notes. Uh, I copied a lot of that thread and just put it in the show notes of this episode. And uh, some of the things that some of the folks were saying, uh, see, Ruth said she likes to quilt, m- uh, make soups and stews, of course, shoveling snow, reading seed catalogs, as we just talked about. And she says she likes to uh, wish for a few more acres. Yeah, that's don't we all? Um, Jessica says reading up, seed saving, sheet mulching uh, before a true freeze. So definitely some things you can do. Rachel, um, this is Rachel who we had on the podcast here not too long ago. Rachel Jamison, fodder and sprouts for chickens. Uh, she likes to do that. Grow those. Uh, shovel, shovel, shovel. Um, she's talking about how a snowstorm was supposed to be hitting her area that night. 
so uh, 14 inches they were getting so um she you know of course she's thinking about this right now for sure loves to do crafts study uh deep cleaning the house uh sharpening tools um and uh, working on the handles of the tools I, I think that's important too that's a good one um steve says uh, steve also was on the podcast uh a pile up snow around all the fruit trees to protect their roots from the cold and, and do some pruning on those big cleanups and he says they're going to start lambing in a month so yeah those are some definitely some work to do on his homestead for sure another crystal says shoveling splitting kindling uh knitting reading and switching out water for animals a lot of the things we talked about today so yeah uh, mike says uh, this winter this winter i want to assemble my bee frames and uh make up some more boxes to expand our hives that's great uh, i think it's a great time again those building projects building some beehives i think it's a great time to do that uh, he also plans to make a pair of moccasins for his newborn daughter uh, congratulations mike uh for christmas and uh and may try making a pair for his wife and himself. Hopefully not Christmas gift, and she's hearing this. Sorry, Mike. Uh, baking bread is on the list, as well as baking cookies. Yeah, he's going to enjoy it. Uh, Crystal says, uh, <laughs> she mentioned earlier, she came back on the thread and said, uh, stoking the fire at night. We are a tiny off-grid homestead. Yeah, I remember those days. Uh, I grew up, and we only had ever had wood heat. And, uh, oh, man, if you didn't get up in the middle of the night and stock that fire up, uh guess what you were waking up to a really cold house and uh, <clears throat> some really cold porcelain <laughs> if you know what i mean <laughs> chastity says she likes to sit by the fire <laughs> she doesn't like the cold at all <laughs> uh, mandy research learning planning practicing other skills lynn says winter time is knitting and crochet time uh amy beth says canning and sewing jamie says that she loves all these great activities, but her main chore is keeping fresh water for all the birds. And she's hoping her, her husband's supposed to go out and put some heat tape on some of the water jugs. Uh, she's asking if anybody's ever done that. That's a great thing. That's kind of winter prep things. Um, and again, she's mentioning fruit trees need pruning and mulching. And uh, they got some indoor plants to finish out uh, their basement this winter. And you know what? That's something, too. It's a great time if you're doing some remodeling or doing some big home projects inside your home. It's a great time for that. Absolutely. I've done a lot of that in the wintertime as well. So great suggestion there. Um, Troy. Uh, Troy's been on the podcast. Uh, he says that he will be splitting wood for the fireplace and mill wood for spring building projects. He does more woodworking in his wood shop um, since the nights are longer and he can't do anything outside. Um they try to have their annual farm meeting in January to review costs, profit areas, and discuss with his family what's what new things they want to try the next year. So right up what we were talking about there at the end. Amy says that winter is the time we finally get to sit. So it's when we do all of our dreaming and re researching and planning for the next year. And I think those things are just really important. Uh, Jamie came back on again and said, uh, we enjoy each other's company. We play a lot of board games and cards <laughs> says she hates tv and catch up with what's happening in the lives of family members and isn't that true it's just a great time isn't it to just sit around and just have family time we love i remember when my kids were little we used to love to break out the board games and the cards and just sit around the kitchen table and just play some some games and things and that was a good time Helen came on and says that they enjoy the board games also in their family and they also got their neighbors hooked <laughs> so they're looking forward to that emmanuel uh and says 
unfortunately, he has to be build a bigger barn for his ostriches. He got an ostrich farmer here since they're growing so fast. And he says he works full time, so uh, only one wall at a time, and there's only much there's only so much daylight in the day. So he'll be working on that in the wintertime. That is not one of the better uh, wintertime projects, but you know what? That's just a fact of life too. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and it don't matter what the temperatures or the weather's like. Lacey says that she's in coastal California, and winter is her time for digging and fencing projects. Most of the year, the ground is too hard and dry to be able to do those things easily. And that's something we don't consider a lot. You know, depending on where we are, we don't think about how winter's like for what what winter's like for people in other places. And you know, they're just getting a little bit more moisture there, so they're able to do a little bit more what we might think of as springtime projects. So yeah, we got you have to consider those things where you're at. Um, I won't read all these. Uh, there's a bunch of good ones still there. I don't want to just keep going on and on forever. But anyway, yeah, go and read some more of these. There's some really good ones. A lot of the things we've talked about, a few things we didn't. But again, great, great time to do certain things. Homesteading is absolutely a winter activity, the same as it's a spring, summer, and fall activity. There's so many things you can do, but we just got to try to stay warm while we're doing it, right? So there you have it. Winter activities, homesteading in the winter time. Uh, I'm, I hope we got something out of this, give you a few ideas, and maybe even uh, anxious for some uh, winter time activities, and uh, you know, getting doing more on your homestead on these cold months. Again, join the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. Really want you to come on in there and, and enjoy the great conversations we're having. Also, if you get a chance. If you haven't so done so already, we've been getting some iTunes reviews here recently. I always love seeing that. Uh, jump on iTunes and leave us a review if you can. If you don't know how to do that, there's always a link in the bottom of the show notes um, where you can um, click on that and it'll tell you how to leave an iTunes review. It helps us. Uh, it helps us get a little exposure in iTunes and um, jump us up in the rankings a little bit, I think. And... Uh, you know, help more people get on board with homesteading. Something I wanted to tell you about uh, that I just found out yesterday, actually, and I posted this in the Homestead Front Porch, was our local public library started a seed library, which I found absolutely fascinating. I just grabbed the brochure here and I was looking at it. Um, and here's how it works. You go, you select seed packets from the, from the seed library, and it's just basically a big wooden, it looks like an old, uh, card catalog box that they have up there and uh, you get it says you can uh, please limit your family to 10 packets per month I don't know how many seeds are in me I just found out about this yesterday and then you plant the seeds in your garden and then when you harvest you harvest some seeds from your mature plants and return new seeds in original seed library envelopes I gotta tell you I think that's awesome that our public library is doing that in our area. Um, I hope way more libraries get on board with this. I think it's really neat. And and they're looking for volunteers at our library locally here to to grow some of these things and you know try to, to increase the stock they have of, uh, of seeds. I'm definitely going to be getting involved with that for sure. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's great. I'm hoping it's going to get a lot more people on board with growing gardens and um you know seeds can be kind of expensive if you plant a lot of them so i think this is going to do a lot to advance um homesteading in our area also they're doing a lot of uh gardening courses they're going to be giving courses all throughout the year from february all the way to october they have a whole list of monthly courses they're going to be doing they're going to be covering permaculture native plants pest disease control 
uh, weeding, pruning, composting, growing herbs, attracting pollinators, water gardens, just a whole bunch of stuff. And I am just, I'm just tickled to see this coming into our public library. Cause I feel like uh, sometimes I feel like our area hasn't been real open to the idea of homesteading. I mean, there, there's always, you have homesteaders everywhere, but it just seems like our, our town hasn't been super friendly towards especially, you know, urban uh, homesteading of any kind. And they, they, it seems like they're starting to come around. And I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to see our library uh, getting on board here. If, uh, if you live in an area, you might want to check with your local library and see if they do that. And if they don't, you might talk to them about that. And I'd be happy to, to uh, if you get a hold of me, I could send you a link to our public library and the information on it about what they're doing. And you could, you know, uh, give that information to your public library and maybe they'd want to get something started like that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's going to be just really great for our community. So I wanted to tell you about that and tell you, encourage you to uh, maybe try to uh, get your uh, community library, public library on board with something like that. So anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gave you some great ideas. And uh, folks, I'm really glad you joined us again this week. Um, go check out the uh, website, smalltownhomestead.com, and all the great articles and other podcasts there. And uh, hey, until next week, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.